Well, good morning. Good morning. We're going to make a start. And I've got, I've got a little question for you to, to start us off. A little mental exercise that we're going to do, do together. I've got a PowerPoint coming up. Just give me a second. There we go. And the, the little mental exercise I want you to do here is, can you imagine if prayer actually worked? Just, just try to imagine, just for a minute, can you imagine if prayer actually worked? Wouldn't it be amazing if prayer actually worked? Like, if we could have this direct and instant way to communicate with the creator, the eternal being, the creator of the, of the universe, of all that there is, and he responded to us. That would be quite something, wouldn't it? If prayer actually worked. But... Uh, I think, I think if, as I'm looking around the room, it looks to me that most of us here don't actually have to imagine that. We, we know that prayer works. We, we believe that, that we, we can pray and, and God hears us. That we're not just speaking to the air when we're praying. It's not just something do for fun. But we believe that prayer actually works. That we are communicating with this divine being who, who loves us and cares for us. And since we believe that as, as a community, as a church, it only makes sense that we want to grow in prayer, isn't it? That, that we want to, to go deeper in prayer. That we want to become people of prayer as, as Encounter Church. That we want to make the most out of prayer. So that's why we're doing this, this series. And a few weeks ago, Gary started this series and he really encouraged us and challenged us to, to actually learn how, how to pray, to, to really go deeper in prayer, not just to, to look like we're praying, to pretend we're praying, but to actually learn to, to pray. Because if prayer works, then we want to make the most out of it, isn't it? If, if we can actually speak to God, we really want to know how to do that. We want to go deeper in prayer. We want to grow in prayer. So I'm hoping that this morning, as, as you come here, you, you have come with open hearts that you can receive from the Lord, just new, new grace, new, new passion and faith to, to pray. So that is, uh, that's my prayer for you this morning. But uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Isaac was talking on prayer, and uh, he was saying how children sometimes have the best prayers. I gave some uh, really, really funny example. And I myself am a father, proud father of, of two children. And because we believe as a prayer in family, we're teaching them how to pray from, from early age. And my son Israel, he is three years old now. And we've been teaching him how to pray for a while. But it doesn't always go as planned when you're trying to teach children, isn't it? Uh, I mean, just last week, he got a little bit confused between Abraham and Birmingham. You know, you can, you can see how, how that can happen. But um, anyway, try to teach him, you know, the words that, that he, should, he should say when, when he's praying and you know, repeating after us. But just, just one day, he randomly overheard my wife saying, God, I need you. Just, just randomly in the, in the middle of the day. And he decided that this is how he's going to pray, that this is now his prayer. So anytime we pray, we ask him to, to, to pray before meal, he just goes, God, I need you, amen. That is, his, <laughs> that is 
despite what we tried to, to teach him, how, how he should pray before bed, he just go, God, I need you. Amen. But uh, I, was, I, I was thinking about this, that this the other day and about a, a verse that, uh, about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. And he said this, your father knows the things you need before you ask him. I was, I was thinking about this, this again, again, it's a very famous verse, isn't it? I was thinking about it, I was thinking, well, what is actually the point in praying? I mean, why pray? Well, prayer clearly isn't about informing God of our needs. God, did you know I've got this bill to pay? Yes, he did. That's what Jesus tells us. Our Father knows our needs even before we ask. So why do we need to ask and, and pray if he already knows? Isn't it a bit pointless? And in Matthew 5, Jesus gives us one of the foundational principles of God's kingdom. A very important principle. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And to be poor in spirit means to be dependent on God, to rely on Him. The opposite of being poor in spirit is to be self-sufficient and, and proud. And this, this poverty of spirit is foundational to our life in the kingdom. The, the only way how we're going to end, enter the, the kingdom of God is if we completely depend on the person and work of Jesus Christ on our salvation. But it's not only how we enter into the kingdom, it's how we live in the kingdom. It's only those who are poor in spirit get to experience the benefits of living in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus tells us. The blessing of God's kingdom is for those who are poor in spirit, those who are dependent and reliant on God. And so, so our Father knows what we need, but do we know that we need Him? And maybe that is why we pray, to help us develop that poverty of spirit, our dependency on God. So maybe we could pray like this. God, you know that I've got this bill to pay, but I'm relying on your help because you are my provider. That is a different way how, how we can pray, isn't it? And we can, the, the point that Jesus was actually making in, in that verse was about the attitude that we have in prayer, that many people approach prayer with the wrong attitude. But the attitude we should have is that of our dependency on God. And so maybe my son's prayer, God, I need you, is, is actually quite, quite good. It's quite profound because it expresses that right attitude that we should have in prayer, that of dependency on God. And, and prayer helps us to, to develop that dependency and express that, that dependency that we have on God. But uh, we are learning how to, how to pray together. So I've got ABC of prayer for you this, this morning. We've just covered the A, the attitude that, that we need in prayer. And can someone guess what the B stands for in prayer? 
Belief. We've got Dot gets extra biscuit after the service. It is belief. We've got the attitudes really important in prayer. Secondly, it's the belief in prayer or faith. This is what um, Jesus says in Matthew 21. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe. Now, we don't want to take this verse out of context and forget our other teaching on prayer, but clearly belief is very, very important in, in, in our prayer. So the question is, how can we, how can we develop that, that faith as we pray? Is there something that we can do to, to, to stir faith in us as we pray? And as Christians, we've got this really helpful and practical way to, to stir faith in us as we pray. And that is to pray in Jesus' name. This is so helpful just, just to encourage us to pray. Now, this, these words in Jesus' name is not a magic formula. The words themselves don't do anything as we, as we pray. But it's a way of, of helping us to, to remember and to, to focus on Jesus. It's... It's a way to, to remind us that Jesus made a way for us to approach the throne of grace. That he has removed any barrier between us and God. Now we have the direct access to the heart of God. And so it's, it's the truth of, of this that's, that stirs our hearts to, to faith. When we say in Jesus' name, it, rem, it also reminds us of the great victory of, of Jesus Christ over all powers. It reminds us that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And that stirs our hearts so that when we pray, we can pray confident that our circumstances will change because Jesus has all power. That the spiritual atmosphere will shift as we pray. That people's hearts will be opened as, as we pray because of the power of Christ. And so we don't have to say in Jesus' name. It's not a magic formula. Our prayer will still work without that. But it's a helpful reminder of what, who Jesus is and what he has done. So when I pray, I often say that at the beginning. So my whole prayer is, is filled with faith as I'm reminded of Jesus. Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. As we pray, we want to be reminded of the work and person of Jesus. That's what makes our prayers work. It is a Jesus. So we've got this great practical way that we can use as Christians to stir faith in our hearts. Well, we've got the B done. One second. It's going to work. Can we forward the slide? There we go. So, oh, oh there we go. Next slide, please. There we go. We are on part C of our ABC. This one's a bit tougher. Can anyone guess what the C stands for? We've got confidence. Not bad, but it's not the answer that I want. Is there some other answer? Consistency. I was actually thinking someone would say that, and that is a very good answer. But it doesn't fit with my sermon, so we're not going <laughs> to use that. <laughs> but it's very good. Conversation. Um, no, I know Mr. K is into spoken word, but that's not, that's not what I want. 
Compassion is good. Yeah, the right heart. Still not what I want. <laughs> it's a seven-letter word. Confess, not confess, even though that's also good. See, we're getting so many good ideas here. Courage is good as well. But the right answer, the right answer is content. We want to have the right content in our prayer. Now, just imagine, you've got this amazing attitude in prayer. You, you are, you've got super strong belief, but you're praying for nonsense. That's not going to work. You need the right content, isn't it? We need to pray for the right things. So we need, to, we need some good content in our prayers. You've got this verse from Apostle John. It says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, um, we also know that he will give us what we have asked for. So the confidence we have, that when we have the good content, when we pray according to God's will, God will answer us. Yeah, we don't just want to be praying for lots of nonsense. We want to be praying according to God's will. So the question is, where do we find some good content? How do we know God's will? That is, that is the question, isn't it? We want, we want to grow in prayer. We want to go deeper in prayer. So we need some good content. We want to be praying according to God's will. And the answer, of course, is it's in the Bible. That's where we find God's will, isn't it? I hope you knew that. I wasn't going to ask that publicly. But I hope everyone knew where we find God's will is in the Bible, in the Word of God. That's what reveals God's will to us. And um, I especially like the prayers in the Bible to inform my own prayers. When I see different people praying in the Bible, the prayers recorded there, it's really helping me to pray according to God's will. Because I'm guessing if there's a prayer in the Bible, that is probably according to God's will, isn't it? But we're going to look at one prayer together this morning, and that is Jesus' own prayer in John chapter 17. It's Jesus' longest recorded prayer in the Bible. The whole chapter, John chapter 17, is, is the prayer of Jesus. And this prayer is sometimes referred to as the high priestly prayer. So really, it's really interesting studying this, this chapter. It's been one of my favorites for, for a long time. But um, this, this prayer, Jesus prayed at the end of the Last Supper. So that means there was just a few hours before he was arrested and the next day when he was crucified. So some people also refer to this John 17 prayer as the farewell prayer of, of Jesus. And I was just thinking about it. I was thinking, well, what would I pray the night before my, before my death? What would be your prayer what would you be praying? What would be the content of your prayer the night before your death? Because, of course, Jesus knew what was going to happen. He wasn't blindsided by that at all. It was going according to the plan. So he was praying the night before his death. This, some of these things in John chapter 17. That makes it quite significant. That means we can learn some things, some content, some good content from this. Well, let's read some of the 
I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to read most of it by just selected verses from this John chapter 17. So let's read that together. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you gave him authority over all people, so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine. I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know You have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those you have given me would be with me where I am, so they will see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you and they have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. Oh, I missed that last slide there. I was thinking a lot about verse 3 during the summer. This is eternal life, that they may know you. It was just on my mind, so it was just... I had a great summer in India doing nothing. It was really good. So just, just thinking about this, this verse a lot. And eternal life, is, that's, important, that's an important thing, isn't it? And we need to understand eternal life. Eternal life is not about the duration, that it will be really, really long. Eternal life, life is about the quality of life. What makes heaven so amazing it's not that people are there for a really long time, but that they know God intimately. That's what makes heaven heaven, isn't it? And uh, Jesus gave us warning 
in one of his parables. And the warning was about thorns. He said that the cares of life can choke God's seed so that we will become unfruitful. And it's not a bad thing to, to pray for the problems that, that we're facing in our work or studies. It's not a bad thing to be praying for a new car, for a bigger house. But if 95% of our prayers is about just the cares of this life, about the worries of life, we'll be missing out on what's, what's, what makes life truly, truly worth living, what's truly important. Because life is more than just food and clothes. So Jesus says, another thing Jesus says, life is, life is more than just the abundance of the possessions that we have. In fact, he says that it is the Gentiles who are always worried about their possessions. But we are not of this world. We have a different mindset. We have different priorities. We know that true life is knowing God. That's what makes life worth living. That is eternal life that we've already started. It's knowing God. That is our priority in life. And might have noticed that Jesus started his prayer in John 17 with this knowledge of God. He finished with the knowledge of God. He mentioned that throughout as well about knowing God's name, about who God is, being close to him. So this is a good prayer. God, I want to know you more. Father, reveal more of your heart to me. God, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. That's a good prayer. And back in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus mentions another very important principle. He says this, If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of life. If your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of life. To paraphrase this in context, if our focus is right, then our whole life will be good. If we focus on the right thing, then every area of our life will, will sort itself out. If we focus on the right thing, then, then, then other areas of our life will also be full of light. This is a very important, this is a very important principle that, that we should apply to, to our lives. And we can use prayer to remind ourselves of what our goal in life is and, and pray for that. We don't always have to be just, just driven by our circumstances. No, when we, when we pray, we can refocus on what is truly important to us. Why do we actually live? What are we living for? And we can pray for that. We can use prayer to help us focus on what is important. Okay, I'm not saying that we should ignore our problems and issues. No, we should certainly pray for them. But we don't want our circumstances to shift our focus from what matters the most to us. That is knowing God. Let me tell you a little story. One thing that I did to persuade Zoe to marry me was that I promised her that I'm going to take her to visit Israel. And it worked. She did marry me. And 
and I'm a man of my word, so I took her to Israel in 2017. And one place that we visited was uh, En Gedi. Uh, it was, I've got a few pictures here, just of Zoe. Just, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a place in the Judean wilderness, and it's one of the places where King David was hiding when King Saul wanted to kill him. And David wrote a few of his psalms during his stay there. Now, we were there during August, so it was a little bit warm. Uh, well, let me tell you, it's not, it's not ideal to climb hills in 43 degree Celsius weather. <laughs> so we were quite tired, quite exhausted. It was, it was scorching hot. We were thirsty. But then we, we came across this little stream of water and a shade under the tree, and it was just amazingly refreshing. And there in that place, we were sitting under the shade. We had one of our most memorable experiences from, from, from our visit, because we, we read one of David's psalms, which was Psalm 63. I'm going to read that together. This was the little stream of water there. But this is what David prayed as, um, as he was in this place. This is Psalm 63. O oh God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in the land that is dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. We were in that place, we were absolutely exhausted, and David's circumstances were much worse than ours. I mean, he's just lost his job, his, his whole career, he, he lost his wife, his father-in-law was chasing him, try, trying to kill him. He was there, just living in, in the desert, in the wilderness. But this was his prayer, this, is, this was his focus in prayer. I'm sure he was praying for his circumstances as well, but he wasn't distracted from the main focus which he had in life, which was to see God. He was, he was physically thirsty. He said, no, my, my spiritual thirst is so much greater. I want God. That is what I want from life. God's love is better than life. That's what, that's what David was, was saying in this psalm. It was just really touching being in that place feeling some of those circumstances, and then seeing how David was praying. And of course, because David's focus was right, eventually all of those circumstances sorted themselves out. His life was, every area of his life ended up being truly blessed by God. He experienced that blessing because of the focus that he had in life. And so when our mind is full of the problems that we're facing, and the things we have to do, and all the different cares and worries of life, we can use prayer to refocus on and to remind ourselves what is truly important to us. What are we living for? Which is to, to know God. I've got this prayer app, I just put different prayer points, and a lot of the prayers that I put in there are just from the Bible, from the different prayers in the Bible. So, when I get to praying, I'm just reminded of the important things. 
Again, I've got some problems. Uh, my life is, is quite busy. But then when I get to prayer, I'm reminded, actually, this is the important stuff that I'm living for. And, and I can refocus on that. I want to know God. I want to live in His presence. The Bible tells us we should set our minds on the things above. Let me mention two more things from Jesus' prayer. Verse 24 is one of my favorite verses. I have a lot of favorite verses, but this one, this one is special. This one is special. Jesus says, Father, I desire that those you have given me would be with me where I am so that they will see my glory. Many people, they imagine God as this cold, distant, most stoic person. But did you know there's a desire in the heart of God? We have a passionate God who desires us. This is a good prayer content. Jesus wants us to be with him where he is. We, he wants us to live in his presence. In my workplace or in your university, we want to be with Jesus. We can pray, show me where, where, where you are, Jesus. Show me what you are doing. Show me your glory. Of course, the, the glory of Christ in, is, is most, most visible in how he transformed people's lives, isn't it? Is when he's, when he's changing people's lives. And, and Jesus says, I want you with me as I'm doing. I want you to see my glory firsthand as I'm transforming people's lives. Jesus is on a mission and he's inviting us to be a part of that. This is a good prayer content. Jesus, I want to be with you where you are. Show me what you're doing in my colleagues' lives, in my friends' lives, in my family's lives. I want to see your glory, how you're transforming. I want to be a part of that. I want to be close to you, Jesus, as you are on your mission. This is a good prayer content. Let's pray that we are always with Jesus. The last thing to mention from John 17 that comes out really strongly is unity. I don't know if you noticed that as we were reading the passage, something that was mentioned so many times, repeated so many times, it was the unity. This was, again, one of the main prayer points before Jesus' death. So that means it's quite significant. Now, we have been all invited to be part of the family of God. And Jesus, he gives us the glimpse into what, what it's like to be part of the, the Trinity, just the inner workings of, of the Trinity. And when we see that, we see that our triune God is just so glorious. It's so beautiful to see. Now, last week, our guest speaker, Phil, he, he talked about it a little bit, about how they prefer one another, they honor one another. How within this Godhead, there's amazing unity where love can flow freely between them. And we've been invited into that. We have this amazing God who's always been overflowing with love. And we've been invited to be a part of that. We, we can have the same experience, to be filled with love and to love. Now, this unity is not meant to be just something superficial, just a surface-level kindness. It's meant to be the real deal, Jesus says, 
In fact, what Jesus says is that it's meant to be the same kind of unity that is within the, the, the Trinity itself. So that, that's, that's quite substantial. It's meant to be the real deal. And in fact, it's this kind of unity, this kind of love that will be assigned to the world of, of who Christians actually are. It will point to, and, and people will be drawn to the God who, who created this, this kind of love, who created this kind of community, this kind of family. That's what Jesus was, was praying for. So unity is not meant to be a side issue. This is a good prayer content. Now, can you imagine if all of us here, if all the Christians across Birmingham started to intention and regularly pray for this kind of love that, that flows from God to, to fill us all for this kind of unity. Just, can you picture if we, all of us started to, to, to pray for that? If that was one of our focus, focuses in life. I think it would be quite, quite amazing, isn't it? I think we could see a real difference. Um, again, what, what I'm saying is that we should pray for our daily bread. So that's, a, that's a good thing. We should pray for our circumstances. But we don't want to miss out on the things that make life actually worth living. We don't just want to be surviving, but we want to be thriving. There's so many important things in life. We don't want to be distracted from the important things in life. What are the important things in life? The knowledge of God. The presence of God, the mission of God, the love of God. Those are the things we want to be praying for. Again, what, what would your life look like if, if you started to, to, to pray these things? Now, this is not an exhaustive list, of course. But what would your life look like if you started to regularly, intentionally, in faith, pray, started to, to, to pray for these things, to know God more, to be part of his mission? What would our church look like if, if, if all of us started to, to, to pray? Because we want to go deeper in prayer, isn't it? Now, again, God hears all of our prayers regardless how we pray, but we want, to, we want to go deeper in prayer. We want to be people, men and women of prayer. We want to know how to pray effectively. And this is some good prayer content. So just to, just to finish with, the ABC of prayer the attitude, the, it is the poor in spirit, those dependent on God, that experience the benefits of God's kingdom. Those who rely on God instead of themselves. Be belief. Our faith is rooted in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Let us pray in his name and see content. When we pray, let's remember what our focus in life is. What are the things that matter the most and make them our priority? If you can uh, stand with me for, for a moment, we're going to reflect on these things. I'm hoping that um, there's one or two things that maybe just got your interest, that maybe the Holy Spirit is, is highlighting to you. I want to take a minute or two just, just to reflect on those things. Ask for, for grace, not just, to, not just to hear the word, but to do that. Ask for grace to, 
to, to truly go deeper in, in prayer, for our attitude to, to, to change, for our faith to increase, for our content to get a little bit better. I just focus uh, for a moment. I want to respond to, to what God is speaking to our hearts. It could be just, just one small thing or it could be a few different things. But we want to say yes to God. Say, help me, God. I need your help. I want to grow in prayer. I, I have this desire to, 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 to grow in prayer, to become a person of prayer. Help me, not just, not just hear the word. Help me to, to, to actually pray in, in this way. Father, we, we're so grateful for Jesus. We thank you for the work that he has done on our behalf, for the life that he has lived for us. So we want to, to pray in your name, Jesus. We have, we have confidence in, the, in your ability to, to cause change within our circumstances, within our, our lives, within our families. It is you, Jesus, who, who can create change because of your power, because of what you have done, Jesus. Increase our faith in you. Jesus, we we look to you. You are the author and finisher of our faith. We pray in in your name and we want to say, God, I, I need you. God, I need you. You are the one that supplies all our needs. You are the one who, who, who gives us wisdom. You are the one that, that leads and guides us. God, I need you in my life. In every area of my life, I rely and depend on you, God. And Father, we thank you that, that we can know you, that Jesus made a way to, to know you, that he has made your name know, known to us, that we can know you now, that we want to know you more. Lord, our, our soul thirsts for you, oh God. We, we want to know you more. We know, we, we're, we're so thankful for, 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 for how you have revealed yourself to us in the past but we want a fresh encounter with you, oh God. We want to know you more. We want to be in your presence. We don't want to live at a distance. We want to know your heart. We want to be part of what you are doing, oh God. Draw us near to yourself. Reveal yourself to us. And we pray for for all of us together that we may be one as you are one. We may be completely one. That's a... That's a really wild prayer, but this, this is what he taught us to pray, Jesus. So we're praying for this supernatural unity, the unity of the Spirit in our midst, in this church. We're praying even, even for this upcoming event, 100 hours of prayer. We pray that you would release that, that, the supernatural unity among us as we are all joining together. Our minds and hearts would, would become united in, in you, Jesus in your mission, in your calling. 
Father, we thank you for your grace that you always hear us. That even when our prayers are a bit childish, you, you always hear us. We just pray you may step into the next season. We may, we may go to the next level in our prayer life. Help us, teach us to pray, we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.